It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back, Bears fans, to the CCO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And what is going on, everybody? It is Friday. You know what that means. It is CHGO Audible Day. We are less than two weeks away from round one of the NFL draft. I am getting more excited by the day. So excited, Nick. I don't want to talk about the draft today. Yeah, no, I completely get that. We were we were kind of talking about yesterday, like, man, we've gone through a lot of different topics about the draft, and today's show, not about that. You know, the weather's beautiful. We have a lot of other good discussion here for this Friday, and I feel like it's been a while since we've had a Friday audible day, so we're back to normal here in our routine as, a, you know, the draft is slowly and fastly approaching at the same time. Yeah, it it is like the weeks or the day by days feel slow, but the weeks themselves, I think, are kind of flying by. I'm just annoyed that my camera is like making my face so beat red over here. I keep messing with the camera. I'm not going to do it. I need to put my phone away. Quit messing with the lights. We need to talk about some Chicago Bears. And I'm excited because today we're going to look at a lot of year two scenarios and envision Mm -hmm. what year two can look like, whether it is Luke Getze, whether it's some of the defenders, Jaquan Brisker, Kyler Gordon. Maybe we'll throw in a little floose here or there because he's kind of the architect behind all of this. And most importantly, Justin Fields in this offense, what can a year two look like for him? And speaking of Fields, I know yesterday uh, was a certain Blackhawks player's final game in Chicago uh, in terms of being a part of that hockey team. And I just wanted to say if Justin Fields can reach to that level where we're talking a decade plus like oh my goodness, our leader, our franchise leader is like, you know, leaving us. It's no longer going to be the case. Like that would be a pretty special moment for us. Like that would mean we would have a lot of amazing moments just like they do over there at the UC for the Blackhawks. So we have an O Captain, my captain shirt. You can see it here if you're watching the video on the bottom left corner of your screen. Brand new release, a great way to commemorate that awesome tenure, that awesome career. And I I think that's just an amazing shirt. Well done by our team and it's an end of an era, but maybe there's a new captain in town named Justin Fields. Hey, if that's what it needs to be, I think, you know, Bears fans will definitely welcome that. But what a career, um, you know, Taves has had in, in Chicago and seeing all the like the videos too. Well, it's been awesome seeing all the, you know, just the, all the videos, tri- the tributes to him and things like that. So it's been really cool to see all that and see all the highlight moments. Right. There's been a lot for for for, um, you know, Blackhawks fans. So it's been awesome to see. And this shirt, if you're a diehard, you get your 20% off. Just make sure you head over to the special page on our website. Once you log in, click that banner, automatically apply to checkout. Pretty easy peasy. Another great reason uh, to become a diehard member, of course, is that 20% off all merch all of the time. All right, Nick. Uh, I just heard some like forks and plates. That's why I threw it in there. I don't know if it was like Lawrence on his patio out there eating some food. Oh, you're hearing the, you're hearing some forks and uh, wait some, a minute. Like, Hold dish. on. You, you can't hear me unless I'm up on the screen. Have you seen oh, my I don't beautiful know this. face yet? No, you haven't seen my beautiful face. I know. Yet. I know I who the culprit is. So this yeah, is a, a shared office space and my girlfriend's just right ahead of me. And she, oh, what, what are you no. eating over there? Oh yeah, mm. we're calling you out over there. She's laughing. Uh, so that's where either. the forks and you I'm let Steph know it was that. me who called her out. That'll probably help yep. a little bit. Will called you out. out. Yep. 
Yep. It's happening. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just trying to enjoy your rice. I saw that fine china. You guys are dining in over there in Arlington Nights, huh? I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> All right. So I already kind of mentioned what we're going to talk about here today. I have a, I know, I, I know in Slack, Nick, I called it a game. It's just three questions. What's going to come first? It wasn't as exciting as I thought it was last night. I, I guess I was just really, <laughs> really excited for it. But we'll do that at the end. And of course, if you have any Bears questions between now end of the show, throw it in there. If it comes to mind now, later, doesn't matter. Lawrence, as you saw, is enjoying some patio time. And I, I think it would make his day if he can stir up some Bears questions. Oh, nope, he's napping. Never mind. Lawrence. Taking the sun. Taking the sun while you can. This has been beautiful weather all week. It's amazing. After you know, after the show, Will, I'm probably gonna step outside for a little bit, go walk the dog and try to get some air while we can. Yeah, I took a walk right before and I'm a little warm and kinda I think the allergies are like starting to mm-hmm. hit my head. So that was probably a poor decision. I could have and should have waited like you, but I digress. Let's talk about the bears. So topic one, I it's simple question, complicated answer time, Nick. Luke gets his offense 102. What's to come? That's a really good question, Will. I think with Luke Getze, like even in the chat, I want you guys to chime in. What is Luke Getze's offense? We're going to try to talk about that a little bit here and see what that can mean in year two. And and oh, I think yeah, what... You can call me out on that one. <laughs> That's all right. We're, we're, we're all, all strange noises coming from all different places. But I think for Luke Getze, especially... In year two now, now that he has a guy like DJ Moore, you're going to have hopefully some more reinforcements on the offensive line and Justin Fields in year two. I think what you could see this season is a little bit more of those intermediate passes. And Brad Spielberger, friend of the show, has been on the show before, had a really good tweet right when DJ Moore, the trade kind of happened. And the tweet reads, DJ Moore helps Justin Fields attack the intermediate intermediate area of the field an area he did well targeting in 2022. And Fields actually led the NFL with a 66.7 completion percentage on throws 10 to 19 yards downfield. DJ Moore, that's where he excels well. 172 mm-hmm. targets, 10 to, 10 to 19 yards downfield from 2019 to 2022, second most in the NFL. So I think one, because Getsy's big into playing into his players' strengths. We saw that in the stretch where the Bears were scoring 28 points a game playing to the strengths of the current players around him. Well, that's a strength for Justin Fields and for his new number one target. So that's just one area that I think we're going to see in 2023, how this offense can maybe take some steps to becoming a more proficient passing attack. Just targeting that 10 to 19 yards area in the middle of the field. Justin Fields had a lot of highlight throws last season and Darnell Mooney there. And DJ Moore has excelled in that area, despite the, the fluctuation in quarterbacks he's had in Carolina. I'm proud of you throwing out the intermediate passing stats. I believe I was mentioning a lot of those during after dark at some portion of last season mm-hmm. about where Justin Fields is ranking really high and surprising Greg like what? Like I, that, that sticks out right now, but you hit something about Luke Getzey about playing or catering to his players strengths. And that is something I wanted to make sure that we did bring up here in the show. So I'm glad you already did because when he came in, I'm sure he envisioned more of a pass-first offense, but he was able to adapt to his players that he had here, whether it be skill position, whether it be offensive line. He found something that worked, and the fact that they looked in the mirror and said, you know what, we can be a smash-mouth running football team, and they did it, and they pounded the rock like better than any other team did last year. I find that to be awesome, and I'm excited to see what new strengths the Bears can have that Getsy can tap into. And you talked about the intermediate passing game being a potential area to see drastic improvement. Even if Fields already there, you can see more of it. And a lot mm-hmm. of it last year, just off of recollection and memory, were, weren't even like on schedule throws either. There are a lot of off scheduled when the play breaks down, the first read wasn't there. Okay, what do I need to do? The line breaks down. I need to buy time. And then he's hitting some of those chunk plays. I'm excited, and I think we talked about it a week or two ago, to see Justin be able to you know, take a drop, hit the back of it, you know, maybe do a hitch, have some of those longer developing routes down the field with DJ Moore. Others kind of open up and just hit them on schedule. And on top of that, just I, with extra experience, not just in Getsy's offense, but year two of that, but year three of reading NFL defenses, 
I think things are going to happen a lot quicker. You have a number one you can rely on. He's going to be reading defenses at a much faster blip, and I I can just see him being on schedule, knowing better ball placement. If he has like it's cover four and there's four defenders deep, you hit that back shoulder. That's a safe throw. You mm-hmm. don't want to try to beat him over the top. Small things like that are recognizing cover six, right? Which I've been learning more about coverages in my spare time, not on the show so much. And like cover six, the best way that someone explained it is it's cover two to the strong side, cover four to the weak side. So that can see why that confuses QBs. Cause you look over to your primary read, you see the defense, they showed you cover two pre-snap. Oh, there you go. The corner's over there in the flat safety's over the top. It's covered two, but they're covered. I'm going to go to the left side here. Oh crap. Why are they in different positions over here? And that's how mistakes happen. So being in year two, the offense is going to help. I think year three in general for fields will be great. But I just think timing and rhythm to kind of piggyback off of just your intermediate area of the field is another area of development that I do look forward to watching. You know, too, to kind of add to that, Will, like I remember one of the press conferences sometime last year. I can't remember exactly what game it was or what when it actually happened, but Justin Fields was asked a question about calling audibles at the line of scrimmage and just mm. changing plays. And I, I think if I remember this correctly, he's like, well, you know, they kind of tell me the play to run and then he's capable of doing it, but there just wasn't that many options. He just didn't do it very often. Hopefully now in, in year two of Getsy's offense, year three in the NFL, we see a little bit more of Justin Fields just kind of taking advantage of things. And not to say they didn't do it last year because he did, but we just maybe see more of it because he identifies the defense knows what he wants to check into, can have that chemistry with Darnell Mooney, say, hey, we both see the coverage. Let's change it up a little bit to get you in a more advantageous situation. I I would love to see that. That's just, again, him taking that next step in the offense. But another thing, too, we're talking about, you know, those intermediate passes. Another thing that I want to see more of, and it caters to Justin Fields' strengths, is just the play-action passes. Last season, Mm -hmm. Will, they were 19th in the league, or Justin Fields was 19th in the league among quarterbacks with 200 or more passing attempts in play action, 107 attempts. And obviously the Bears just didn't throw the ball very often. But if you're, the, I think in this, you know, now you're two and gets these off, you're going to see more passing attempts. And with that, I think you're going to see more of the play action. A lot of those big plays that Justin Fields created, whether they were through the air or with his legs, is when he got out in space, was able to be an athlete, able to, you know, extend a play. And I think of like one of the one, what was it? The one or second touchdown Byron Pringle had, and that was it. It was against the Eagles. He's extending the play. And maybe early on in the season, Justin Fields is taking off and running, but he's hanging on to it, scanning and the wide receiver adjusts his route and he throws it for a touchdown. So it's like things like that. I think are going to be huge for this bears offense now in, in year two with Getsy, and I think we're going to see more of it because the Bears are going to pass the ball a little bit more than they had to or than they didn't do in, in year one because out of necessity. It wasn't the strength of the team then with the players they had, but now you're starting to get a little bit more playmakers where you're more capable of being and more, more capable and more comfortable passing the ball. And on top of that, too, I just want to see the ball come out quicker on some shorter mm-hmm. routes because that was something I was lacking. I, I saw that, too, here in the chat, and I thought it brought up a good point because – in an offense like the Bears, really just in the NFL, and, and we all know the Bears, that they've talked about it under this new regime. I don't know. I keep saying news. It's been over a year. We're talking about year two. This regime that they want to have guys who are playmakers and can make plays with the football in their hands. And the quicker you can get the ball into somebody's hands, the big, bigger and better the opportunity for yards after the catch. You put them in a much more mm-hmm. advantageous position by making sure they get that football very quickly because the longer it takes, it's easier for a defense to get in better position to kind of corral and make those tackles. Another just area, and you know who I am, Nick. I'm Mr. Red Zone third down, right? That's me. Yes. I look at those numbers all of the time. I keep forgetting that they weren't bad there last year. 13th best red zone defense uh, offense last year at 56%. They're only 4% away from the top 10. When you look at DJ Moore coming in, he's going to be a security blanket on third down. Uh, Robert Tunyon, and also in the red zone, same thing with Robert Tunyon. And then the Bears, again, 13th best third down offense last year. They were 13th best at the end of the year. I went back week by week to kind of watch that climb. Very impressive. If you go back right before Halloween, they were the eighth worst offense on third down. And they finished as the 13th best. for So for that like second half of the season, 
they were playing at a top 10 clip. And, and that's when we did see the points start coming here too. So I can expect, I don't want to say expect, but I can envision a scenario in which the Chicago Bears are a top 10 offense in the red zone in terms of converting down there in a red area of the field and moving the chains next year. They're knocking on the door and they were very close to it. And just with the adjustments, the new personnel, and on top of the growth that we're talking about, I can envision a scenario where they're top 10 in both those regards. I like that. Well, and you know, we've been doing this show a long time. I have third down offense in my notes too. And Can't the reason also to add to it is that because Luke Getze, when he was with the Packers from, and he had a couple stints with the Packers, but 2020 and 2021, the Packers finished top 10 in that third down efficiency. And yes, you have Aaron Rodgers, you have a very experienced quarterback, but you said it. They were not far off from being in the top 10 last season with obviously a new quarterback being in his first year in the offense. And, you know, like I see in Dave, I think Dave puts in the comments here, like Justin Fields running on third down, had a big Mm -hmm. part of it, and he did. Now, I think another year in this offense, you feel more comfortable in it. Fields can maybe pick up those third downs with his arm as opposed to his legs. And there's that dual threat option. So I think that's also a really good point. But I think the, the big... I don't know, conclusion here with Luke Getze's offense, right? There's still, he likes to adapt to the players. So I don't know if we're ever going to really see, like, this is a Luke Getze offense. You're like a, like a Shanahan type offense, right? You know exactly what that is. Getze's might just, it might just be different on a week to week basis, given the players that he has available and knowing, you know, what the strengths and weaknesses are of his team and against the other team. So it's going to vary, but I, with him, he's had such a long coaching career going through so many different stops picking up so many different things that you know in year one he had to do stuff out of necessity because of what he had now i i I do i do want to see a little bit more of him and again it might be different week to week but it is i I, i'm encouraged to see how that all plays out with you know fields in year three with a number one wide receiver you have some running backs there hopefully you draft another offensive line and then i think we start seeing more of a efficient and hopefully potent uh, NFL offense there. And I'm excited to have an entire offseason to sit down and work with Justin and they can review the film too. Like, okay, what worked, what didn't scrap, mm-hmm. what didn't work, or if it's something they really want to run, how do we make it work? And then just build off of those elements that was like the strong suit for Justin. And Nick, you said a line that I actually wanted to contradict a little bit was you want to see more of him in the offense but couldn't him just be the adaptability? Like, isn't that, is yeah, that something that could just make him like a special offensive coordinator? Yeah, no, that's, that's actually a really good point. Um, his, and that's, you know what? I do like that. Well, um, him adapting is maybe Luke Etsy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I do like that. And I think it's, you know, with a guy like Justin Fields, like you can do so much, like the read option should be a part of this offense too. You saw how effective it was on some of the explosive plays. So that needs to be a wrinkle. And then when obviously you had the play action, the intermediate throws. So him being able to adapt, given what the defense has, maybe that is Luke Getz's offense. But I, I think we're just going to see more of it, though, in, in this in this upcoming season. Because, like I said, last year was, you know, his first year calling plays and a lot of new a newness around the team. So it should be a good indication of what he can be. Um, as an offense coordinator, maybe a head coach someday. Who knows? One more thought about third downs, about the leg thing, because that is a really excellent point. And I put in my notes about, you know, I believe this year he will convert more third downs with his arm than his legs. But by being able to do so, the beneficial part of that would be his legs will become even more dangerous now. Like that will just make that even a stronger weapon because if teams have to honor that arm on third down and they have it covered and then he's still able to escape and get the first down, man, they're going to be stretched. They don't know what the hell to do. Like, do we need to step up? Do we need to have a spy? And if they have a spy, then who's that free man? And the field is hitting that consistently. It's kind of like in the playoffs, even with Mahomes with the bum ankle making, he didn't run a lot, but when he did, it was like third down He got it, and it was just like the dagger, and it really just kind of took all the wind out of the sails of those opposing defenses, and that's something that Justin Fields can do with his legs next year if he's able to grow with his arm on third down. It's kind of, what can we do to stop this guy? His legs are killing us. He's able to beat us through the air. Like That would be a hopeless and helpless position to be in for a defense and a great one for the Bears offense to be able to impose on opponents. Yeah, well, I think a decisive Justin Fields 
is so dangerous for opposing defenses. Like once he starts getting to know where to throw the ball, how the you know, doing it a little bit quicker with the internal clock, like good luck. Good luck trying to stop Justin Fields. Um, once he starts getting all this uh just playing on time with things. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. So what was that? Like a 16 minute conversation about what this offense is going to look like. I think the only thing that we can say is that we expect growth and a decent amount of it. Is that fair? Yeah, no, I mean, that should be the expectation too. Um, I think the bears need to see that with Justin Fields in year three. And, you know, now you have a little bit more playmakers. So I think those are reasonable expectations. We want to see growth and we want to see more production. And, right, you know, we- the bar was set pretty low, so they got to. Man, I really thought that was going to be a pragmatic pause there. Uh, I'm a little rusty over here. It was that extra day off between Thursday to Friday show. Yesterday, I would have been totally on point here. Uh, Before we get into some of our messages and get into some additional year two discussions, Nick, I know we have a winner that you wanted to kind of announce for our CHGO Bears draft party, which I'm so excited for. Yeah, and we, uh, Mark and I completely forgot to announce the winner on yesterday's show. We're, so we're doing it now. So if you're listening, Dylan at Cramp Dylan on Twitter, uh, hit us up on the CHGO Bears Twitter account. We have, you are the winner. You, we have your tickets for our draft party, and we cannot wait to have you at Joe's Bar, 940 West Weed Street, April 27th and 28th. Our premium drink packages. You're going to have the CHGO Bears crew chgo members there and just a bunch of bears fans looking to see what the bears do so dylan at cramp dylan send us a message i think um we had some people message you and hopefully when you're listening to the podcast you'll see the that you're the winner here congratulations dylan that is awesome of course if you didn't win we would still love you to join us at our draft parties either on thursday or friday night heck Come hang out for both. All the information can be found in the link in the description below. But there's, like I said, a premium drink package. I mean, Joe's has great food. You get to hang out with the CHO Bears crew. And we would love to just uh, have you there and celebrate, which I'm expecting to be a draft full of, I think, a lot of drama here for the Bears and a lot of excitement because who the heck knows what's happening on night one? Nobody does well, and that's going to be fun. And I see Noah T in the comments. Are there still spots at draft party? Hell yes, there are. And he says, my girl wants to do that for her birthday. That's awesome. That's a winner, Noah. Noah. So now you got to go get those tickets. Uh, you can go to allchgo.com and, and find where you can get the tickets there to the draft party. Sounds like a great way to spend a birthday to me. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm being biased here, but that that sounds like a lot of fun. Is Stephanie giving you a look like? No. Uh, she's not right now, but maybe later <laughs> <laughs> there we go i saw one comment from brandon h not our uh, not hazlet but halford uh expect or want because i said I, I expect to see growth i expect it like I, I if i don't see growth from this offense i'm gonna be utterly disappointed and a little confused honestly there's no reason why we shouldn't see growth from this offense you bring in dj Moore. the only big loss right now is is david montgomery but i think they're gonna have you know options in place to make that something you can move on from i'm excited for an extra khalil herbert foreman is fine and i i just expect growth like expect is going to be the word i'm using if there isn't growth will this this will be a terrible 2023 season I'll, i'll tell you that right now we should expect it bears fans should expect it the bears offense should expect it so uh yeah expectations are are definitely higher now that you have some more weapons around justin fields all right, well, let's go ahead and get into some of our messages. And uh, yeah, let's just get into it. The Comet Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage every usage and lower energy bills now and in the future. Yeah, ComEd offers a wide variety of incentives, Will, on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers all sizes across the territory. And ComEd also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, and industrial processes. Wow. How does that work? I got you, Will. This is exactly how it works. And for everyone listening... Here's what you need to here's what you need to listen to right here. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. And within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. And each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, 
cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. And if you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Wait, did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz? It's exactly what I said, Will. So go and schedule it today. Is that a forward slash? Backslash. That, that is a. It just says. It, it says slash. It's slash. It's, 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 Usually it's forward. It's usually a forward slash. It's forward. Right. By there. the way, what? for those of you watching, you may notice that I am now inside. My laptop has decided to just start burning up. It's very hot out there, so uh, we're inside Ooh. before the, before the stream goes a little uh, glitzy. So, hi, I'm inside. Good move. Good move, Lawrence. That was a pro move to move inside. I don't know. I'm personally just trying to. Conf I'm confused between forward slashes and backslashes now. Uh, wait, yeah, for, forward. Uh, oh, this is not going to be a good way of yeah. doing this. What? Yeah, no, forward. Whatever. Forward slash. Uh, we, slash. we can talk about yeah slash. Uh, you know, we, we're going to comment, and we're going to make this smooth transition to what I take every morning after I call comment to get everything set up. With my athletic greens, with one scoop of your AG1s, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my athletic greens, and you should too. And what's awesome about athletic greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day, also helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. It's super simple. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, you guys, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgo bears again that is athleticgreens.com slash chgo bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance all right chgo bears off-season coverage is brought to you by the comet energy efficiency program learn more at comet.com slash powering biz and of course this is will dewitt and nicholas moriano we are looking at year two discussions and just kind of envisioning what year two can look like for a lot of different players and just people here within the organization and uh, again, James O in the chat. It, see, we're all just confused about slashes. This is <laughs> awesome. I, it, this is probably the best conversation that I never thought was going to happen today that is now happening because he's like, is that the backslash? Which I thought was a backslash. The Jammer A is like, hey, that's back and this is forward. Man, the jammer, I think the Jammer J is right. Well, that's, that's what you back. said. So that's why you would think it's right. Well, I just agree with Jammer J. Forward. I mean, it's like leaning forward, right? Doesn't that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Jammer J is correct. Yes. <laughs> See? Boom. <laughs> well, you guys, well, you're not liking that. <laughs> I'm not. I might like my whole entire life is something I it's need just, to question now because it's just backslash. It was always it was always a backslash to me. And now it's a forward. Like like my whole life is backwards. Like literally, <laughs> it's backwards right now. Uh, anyway, I'll digress. <laughs> there are more important things to talk about. All right, so let's go ahead and look at some year two players here. And I want to start with Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker because I think they're a great place to start our conversation. I'm just ex interested to know, Nick, for you, like between the two, is there one that you're expecting to see either a bigger impact from uh, than the other this year or maybe see more growth out of? I don't care really how you want to navigate it. I, I have thoughts on both, but... Uh, who do you expect to see something positive from? I expect both, but more so than the other. Yeah, it's it's a good. I mean, look, these are two young ascending players. I think that are going to be here in Chicago for a long time. But I think Kyler Gordon has the potential to have more of an impact, and that's no slight at at Jaquan Brisker. But the position he plays, and it all kind of depends. Will where the Bears kind of see him playing more? Last year he played more in the slot. Uh, for the Bears, 431 snaps as the slot corner, as opposed to 295 outside. So, and I think ideally the Bears would like to have him at that nickel corner because if, when you think about Eberflus's defense, the three most important positions would be that the three tech, the will linebacker, and then the nickel corner. If you're thinking about like a, a guy like um, Kenny Moore, right? So I think that's where, again, Kyler Gordon can make a, a big impact there. 
but it's just I think there are some some factors to consider because I know part of our conversation as we were thinking about this segment is like a sophomore slump, right? It happens to a lot mm-hmm. of players. And I'm thinking, well, why would they have a sophomore slump when they didn't have much of a pass rush and they were able to be productive in their first seasons in coverage and still did a lot of good things? Here's one thing to consider. Like if Kyler Gordon's maybe going to have a sophomore slump, and I don't think he is, but just something to think about, the Bears do have a different um, cornerback slash passing game coordinator this year in John Hoke. James Rowe was the guy last season who's now, he left to UCF, USF to be the defensive pass game uh, coordinator. And those two would, those two were tight. Well, they would, uh, Kyler Gordon would go up to his office. He'd spend time with him. And a lot of the DBs would go up with James Rowe, but now he's gone. And John Hoke has had 18 years of NFL experience. Most recently with the Falcons, he was actually with the bears from 2009 to 14, did some really good things with Charles Tillman uh, and Tim Jennings. They went to pro bowls mm-hmm. while yes, he was with did. there, but it is a different guy, right? So I guess seeing how they can mesh and, how he can take his uh, game to the next level. That's going to be all new for Kyler Gordon this season. But I mean, with John Hoke, those guys were taking away the football. They were one of the best teams through that 2009 to 14 span with taking away the football. So if anything, I think, you know, Kyler Gordon, maybe that it's level just even raises, but it's just different. And so we have to see how he adjusts to that. But I just think that Kyler Gordon plays a position too that can lead to more impact plays. We saw the interceptions against Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and things like that. So um, I, I'm just expecting some big things from Kyler Gordon, the athleticism, and you know, just playing that important position that he does for the Bears' defense, that nickel corner. Yeah, I'm leaning Gordon, and it's not really like a slight on Brisker. It's what you just said, the amount of opportunities that'll be there. And mm-hmm. what we saw out of Gordon last year was a lot of growing pains. And it's yeah something that's understandable when you're thrown into the fire and like, hey, you're going to play inside and out your first year in the NFL. Like they literally threw him straight into the fire. But towards the end of the season, out of Keller Gordon, you saw the game starting to slow down. He was getting himself in good positioning, making plays on the football. You mentioned those interceptions to get some really good competition, some really good quarterbacks. And with the game slowing down then, you pair in an extra offseason. I expect it to slow down more. And it's going to slow down for both these players. Let's not, let's not yep. get it twisted. Like It's going to slow down for Brisker here too. Uh, but when I look at second-year corners, I had a really interesting trend of guys who were drafted in year one, uh, rounds one or two over the last couple of years. Rookie seasons, not so hot. Ranked pretty you know, yeah. low, giving up a lot of per, uh, higher percentage of completions, a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and a decent amount of penalties. And that fit Kyler Gordon to a T. But when you look at them in year two, you see the you know demonstrable growth uh, throughout everything, allowing less touchdowns, forcing more interceptions, incompletions, PBUs, lower percentage of passes completed when targeted, lower passer rating when targeted. Like that's been really consistent, and I just expect Gordon to be able to be a player that can follow suit. So. Will he have more interceptions than Brisker? I would say so. But where Brisker steps in here, Nick, I, I think too, in terms of like making a big impact this year, is getting you know into the. He, I love when he gets into the backfield. They throw, they put him into the box. Like he's another mm-hmm. player, just like Gordon. They kind of move him all over too, and he played very well last year, despite that. And for him to jump in year two, I think he's gonna. He's always you know Mr. Steel of the draft. He's going to want to come out there and make sure people don't forget about him there in the back end of that defense. No, no doubt about it. I think, you know, early on, I think Jaquan Brisker, you know, you just saw the talent. There were some games later on in the year, I think specifically like to the Buffalo Bills game where there were some angles that maybe he, he didn't take mm-hmm. the best angles and trying to tackle some of the guys. But, you know, I think now with a year under his belt, just kind of understanding a little bit more of what offense are trying to do to get those advantageous angles. Jaquan Brisker is a guy that, I think is going to one learn from his mistakes and then be able to capitalize the next opportunity he gets. I mean, there was a video out a couple of days ago. He's training with um, Aaron Donald, just working at doing like doing footwork drills, training with some of the best people. And honestly, like no slide at, at Jaquan Brisker, but Aaron Donald's footwork is freaking nuts. How he's able to go through his foot drills, but you just see that he's always trying to put himself around people to push him. And that's what I really like about Jaquan Brisker and, you already know maybe not this year, and it could be, but definitely two years down the road, he's going to be one of the captains on this defense. Mm-hmm. Or he, he's already maybe one of the front runners to be this year because of just how he kind of 
uh, carries himself in the work ethic that he has. Jaquan Brisker strikes me as that kind of guy. Yeah, that's a really excellent point. So between the two, I think we're both leading Gordon, but really, I just want to make sure we're clear. It's more about the amount of opportunities than anything. Is that is that clear? Yeah, and too, I mean, look, when you're safe, you're furthest from the football too, right? And we know Jaquan Brisker will come play up in the box and things like that, but it just... I think Kyler Gordon will have more opportunities to make those impact plays. And I think that's what it comes down to. Not they're both, I think going to have really good seasons in 2023 though, man, I just can't wait for Brisky to go out there and just lay the wood and just knock all these balls loose mm-hmm. and make us eat our words and be like, Oh, all right. He's putting the ball on the turf. He's doing his part of the hits philosophy here. Heck he can throw some interceptions there too, but yeah, I, he's a tone setter, uh, and he's a, he is very you know energetic, and I think that's contagious. And the guys do like that. Like he plays with a high energy. He wants to make things happen, and I'm excited. I hope that, and we may have talked about it entering last season, that I hope that they would have like some internal rookie competition between the two. Like, hey, we're both drafting the second round. We're both starting. Who's going to get the most? This, this, or that? I want mm-hmm. them to do it again. If they didn't do it last year, do it for the first time. I, that would be. Uh, I, I think fun for them to kind of go through it and have these inner competitions gamify it a bit. And then that may even allow both of them to have, you know, pretty large impacts. No doubt. I see the comment from Dylan here. <laughs> this is Jaquan Brisker, the one interception that he got uh, mm-hmm. against the Patriots. Somebody that gets kicked in the balls and comes back and picks off a pass. Is that the recipe for success for Jaquan Brisker? You just got to, you know, got to get hit downstairs and then he goes get an interception. Hopefully that's not the case. Cause that, uh, that sounds like a, it just doesn't sound like a fun He's just way standing to on the sidelines before he goes out. Like coach like, guys, we need a big play. We need the ball back quick. Somebody <laughs> kick me in the nuts. <laughs> what? Don't worry. We're I got you coach. Time. I got you. <laughs> Boom. Pick six. I love it. <laughs> We're good. Oh. All right. Let's love look it. at some of the other players. If you, if you want to right now too. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of, it's a young team. So you have a lot of second year players. You have Josh Blackwell, Jatir Carter, Treston Abner, Trenton Gill, Elijah Hicks. And then we can keep up with the Joneses, Braxton Jones, Jalen Jones, and Maylitz Jones, Dominique Robinson, Jack Sanborn, and Sterling Weatherford, or just some of the second-year players that when I went through the Bears roster, they stood out enough to at least make my rundown sheet right now. Out of those players, who do you have, I'm going to say, some good vibes about heading into their year two? Good vibes. I have good vibes about Braxton Jones going into year two. And I think they're, you know, obviously we had him on the show, what, two weeks ago? He's adamant about wanting to be that cornerstone left tackle for the Bears. And I think what he's doing in the offseason is helping him prepare to, you know, have a better year one, right? Just um, being able to handle the bull rush a little bit better, not expose that inside shoulder. So I'm really looking forward to Braxton Jones and what he's potentially can do in year two here. But I'll go the opposite for, for one guy, Will. I think Dominique Robinson, I'm not that I'm – you know, fearful of what he can do. It's just, we kind of need to see him take that next step. And we, there's going to be opportunity at this point, there's opportunities for him because they haven't brought too much on the defensive line. And I think for him, it's going to be a big year to show that he can take this coaching year one of NFL coaching and then become more of an impactful player for the bears. And, you know, he was obviously more of a little, a project in his rookie season being new at the position, but uh, I'm curious to see what Dominique Robinson can do in year two and how he can be more of a consistent defensive end and, you know, hopefully get more pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. And I think it's very well regarded that when he got drafted, it was more of the project than the immediate mm-hmm. impact. And unfortunately for him, I'm going to say unfortunately here, he had a lot of success early on uh, in terms of getting after the quarterbacks and making some big plays and people got, I think hopes myself included got a little bit too high there for him and kind of took out of my scope of thoughts of, yeah, you know, he's going to be a work in progress. He's going to take some time to get some season refined and improve that technique to become more, as you said, consistent. (laughs) And then people got frustrated about it. I understand I was part of that camp for a bit, but now, you know, it's been a few months since the season's over. I can go back because he was in my mock draft. And I said he was someone that you're looking at a 2023, 2024, where he's really starting to get into high gear. So he is a player that I look forward to seeing grow this year, hopefully uh, decently amount. I don't need him to be a starter. I would, would don't mind him being a rotation, rotational piece, 
but like you, he needs to be a little bit more consistent this year. But I do think that offseason, that experience we talked about and we're gushing about Justin Fields and how much experience is going to help him. Every one of these players, and we talked about Brisker and Gordon, it's all about the same. Like it's going to help them a lot. And that's not just for the Bears. That's for you know every single team, too. And one thing about Braxton Jones, and you said two weeks ago, that was only last week. So I just want to put into perspective oh, how long these weeks are feeling for you right now, man. Yeah, wow. Uh, that Again, it's going by quickly and it's going by super slow and lose track. Just lose track. <laughs> I did not realize that he had the highest, and maybe I did, and I got lost in a shuffle, but that he did have the highest PFF grade of any rookie tackle last year. Like that, was, I, I saw that floating around. Yeah, saw that stat. And that was despite playing the second most snaps of the group. He was only 11 away from the most, which is very impressive. Uh, and out of every rookie tackle that had a grade of 70 or higher last year, only two played more than a 709th snaps, including Braxton. Like he showed you a lot of good things from being a fifth round draft pick, being thrown into the fire, essentially taking over the starting left tackle position. He did some good things. And now we'll see if he can correct some of the mistakes he knows that he has in his game. And to, you know, be reach his goal. He wants to be that cornerstone left tackle. Let's see if he can get there. And why I believe he can, not that he will, but he can, is that growth mindset uh, that he just kind of adheres to. We, he, we heard it last training camp. I wrote an article about it immediately at your house because it really resonated with me. Mm-hmm. He talked about it with you guys on the show last week. I was just trying to get better every single day. And I, I don't think it's fluff. I think it's true. I think this man is someone that does look for self-improvement, believes in himself and knows that he it's just incremental progress one day at a time, one step at a time will eventually lead to great results. That's something I try to adhere to. And I think Braxton believes it too. And that's why I do believe he can become the player he is looking to set out to be, which is a cornerstone foundational piece for the Bears. All right, I want to move to Jack Sanborn because this is an mm-hmm. interesting player here. He was someone that got thrust in after Roquan Smith got traded and he played phenomenally especially down the stretch highly graded on pff racking up those double digit tackles daily thank you to a porous defensive line appreciate the stats there um but now he's moving to sam most likely and will also have better talent around him so better surrounding talent at the linebacking position and i think the bears floor the defensive line has been raised this offseason and potentially playing, I think, an easier position being the Sam backer. So for those reasons, like, I don't know if we can expect, like, big impact because he's only, if no injuries happen, and he says that Sam, he's not going to be in the field as much as we saw last year. But at the same time, he should sure up that position more. I think he has better cover skills than Joe Thomas did last year. And mm-hmm. that will help offenses and keep them a little bit more honest because it was so easy for them when the bears went in base last year and if they had a run play called to go to the line they see who joe thomas is on all right let's do a quick check i I think uh, thomas was targeted 20 times he allowed 17 catches at about eight yards per pop pretty easy money there for opposing offenses and i know sanborn gave up a high amount of completions but i think he has a raw skill set that suits him better for being a better cover backer He's been in the league only, you know, for one year where Thomas was like a longtime vet. Uh, so I do think he can sure that up, which would really help the Bears base defense out. And we all know how bad that run defense was too. Sanborn's going to be a big part of kind of turning that around from a different position. I just think he won't have like, you know, the gaudy stats that we saw towards the end of last year, but his impact off of the stat sheet, I think could still loom large. Yeah, I think the thing with Jack Sanborn is just not going to have as many opportunities as he did last season when he was filling in for positions. But, you know, the thing with Jack Sanborn, the versatility he has, yes, he'll play at that Sam backer, right, when the Bears are in that base. But if something were to happen to the other two, he he's the candidate that can fill in, especially at the Mike linebacker position. And I think, too, like speaking to the coverage, like, Look, the guy should have had an interception against Detroit, but for some reason, the ref saw hands, legal hands to the face on Jalen Johnson. But Jack Sanborn, credit to him, was in the right position, dropped back into coverage, had the pick, yep, and was taken away by the refs there. So you see the understanding of where he needs to be on the field, his spatial awareness, and then to ultimately make the play. He did all that. 
just you know wasn't registered on on the ultimate stat sheet at the end of the season but he was there in the place so i think you you can feel good about you know jack sanborn when he gets his opportunities knowing that he's going to be able to execute the play and you know he already hits or hits the hits principle right he, he, he fits it perfectly um especially with how he was playing so even though we won't see as much of jack sanborn uh in 2023 i still feel confident in him one one other player that i want to talk about real quickly here will is valus jones jr mm-hmm. like this is a guy that you know you go early in the season uh, and bears fans and especially with the muff punts they were all, they were out on Avalis, right so I think the big thing for for him, like he did have a nice end of the season. I, I remember the the nice catch, the nice throw by Justin Fields against the Buffalo Bills. Like that's good being able to track the ball in the air, come down with the catch. But it's just how are the Bears intending on actually using Bayless? Is he more still the gadget guy with the jet sweeps or can he be more of a well-rounded wide receiver that you're going to see in 11 personnel? And I don't know because you have DJ Moore now, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. He's is he kind of just the guy that comes in when you it's an obvious passing down. You're at four wide receivers. It's going to be really interesting with with um, Valus Jones Jr. and how they're going to approach him in in this second season with him. That's where I'm at. Valus Jones. I put four words next to him. Wish I can include because I just, just <laughs> yeah. don't know right now where his role is going to be. I can't. I, we talked about expecting growth from the offense, which is true. But I don't think I can say I expect growth in Bayless Jones Jr. role right now uh, on this team. Just with looking at the depth chart, I think with the understanding that there's a real possibility they still add to that room between now and training camp. Yeah, like you draft a guy in the third round. I'm, you know, a, a fan of him coming out. He didn't really, you know, pan out in terms of like making the impact right away. It, it kind of stings a bit, but the Bears' job is to continuously improve this team. And if they find other options through different avenues, then it's just, you know, let the best man win. And Bayless has an uphill battle right now to earn himself some playing time. And I think he is capable of it, but I just want it to be understood that it's it's going to be a slog. It's not going to be an easy task. He's going to really have to just, you know, bite you know tooth and nail just to get up there and earn reps and not just earn the rep but when you're out there make the most of the rep and like you said there was a few glimpses of it last season but it was definitely not to the degree uh, that you would hope for I know rookie receivers tend to struggle but I think he struggled a little bit more than people anticipated coming in yeah well you know maybe to to end this off positively for for Valus Jones Jr. Uh, I remember the play against the Dallas Cowboys. He's running down the right sideline, running a nine route, vertical route. Justin Fields lays the ball right into where Valus Jones Jr. can catch that deep pass, drops it. And it's a perfect pass by Justin. But the play I just referenced earlier about the Buffalo Bills, that's a way harder catch with the difficulty Mm -hmm. in the wind, the tracking, he makes it. So there was some growth in there. And then he didn't, um, you know, obviously have the muffs as often as he was having in the earlier part of the season. And I do like, and someone put in the comments here, Adam, that Valus Jones Jr., he is training with Fields down in Florida right now. They posted that, I think, on his Instagram page. So, hey, get that rapport with your, your quarterback there. It's only going to help in the long run. But like you said, it's not, it's not, he's not guaranteeing anything, even though he was a third-round pick. So hopefully we see uh, Valus Jones Jr. also you know, maximize his talent because he, he is talented. Just need to see it all become more consistent now. And he's a good guy. I remember at the combine listening, I believe it was Jalen Hyatt talking about how Valus is still in contact with him and would be reaching out. And I think you mentioned like, you know, Valus is going through some things to his rookie year and like, but he kept a very positive mindset through it all. And that's why he saw some of the turnaround at the end. So keep the positive mindset, keep working. And I hope by this time next year, we can have a much different conversation surrounding the guy. But just as of right now, we have to keep those expectations on the floor and allow him to show us why we need to raise them. One more thing I wanted to bring up is that if we're talking about either Josh Blackwell or Jalen Jones this time next year, I'm not going to be surprised if at least one of them is still hanging around and playing some starter snaps here. And I know the bears may still draft the corner, but based off of this where the team is right now, I liked what I saw to Blackwell. I liked what I saw to Jalen Jones outside of a couple 
rough games earlier in the season. I thought he really came into his own. And for both guys to be undrafted rookies last year and to play as well as they did was encouraging. Obviously, just like with Velas, you want to keep trying to improve this team and force guys to win some of these positions. But either of them, I don't know if I have one over the other right now, but I just wouldn't be surprised if one of them makes a bigger impact than we're expecting. You know, well, I'll, I'll say this about those two. I'm glad that they were these two players showed some things as undrafted rookies. Like if this was an older veteran who was making plays, then you're like, okay, I mean, that's great that they're doing this, but because they're undrafted rookies and now going into year two, like the, you know, there's so much potential for them, right? They showed some good flashes in, in year one. So I'm happy with uh, the trajectory they had last season, some ups and downs, but now we got to see how this coaching staff can continue developing that back end guys because they may see some opportunities in 2023. Eric B. has a really interesting comment. So Valis uh, become a version of Ty Montgomery, a wide mm. receiver slash running back. Ryan Poles used this comparison. So when I say this next player, it came from the man himself. He said he sees a little Debo in Bayless Jones Jr. Yeah. He said that last year. So that is a perfect, you know, Ty Montgomery is another very similar type of player that is like a hybrid between the two positions, can be utilized in either role. And, and again, I didn't say Debo, Poles said Debo. And I think that's another reason why people got frustrated when they heard Debo yeah. and then they see what uh, what kind of season he put together as his rookie year. So I, I think keeping that in mind too, that, you know, you can use the term gadget guy. You can compare him to some other players in the league, whatever helps you kind of put him in the right bucket. But some hybrid still makes a lot of sense. His first touchdown was that little pop pass that he was like pretty much yep. like a toss and end around that he was able to kind of navigate Bob and weave and make something happen with the ball in his hands. And that's what makes him a pretty good returner too. If he ends up wanting to hold on <laughs> to said football, anything else here, Nick, for the segment? No, I know we have a couple other things we want to discuss here at the the back end of the show. Again, it's going quickly. This this part of the work week goes by so quickly, these shows, and then everything goes by slow. But before we kind of move on to our, our last segment of the show, I got to tell you about Goose Island. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer since... 1988 so many great options like the blackhawks pale ale bull city 312 go bulls tonight let's come on take down jimmy butler and the uh the miami heat over there and get into the playoffs against the milwaukee bucks we'll see how that goes uh they also have the beer hug ipa series and my personal favorite no plans goose islands two local locations are open and ready to welcome you grab a beer right from their innovation takes at the goose island tap room at 1800 west Folden or get a smash burger of your choice and a fresh beer of the week at the original Clybourne brew house at 1800 North Clybourne for reservations and pickup. Go to gooseisland.com slash locations, Goose Island beer company. Awesome stuff there, Nick. I want to make sure everyone knows about one of my favorite partners of ours, and that is Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers world-class product that's just as good as every expensive pair that I've worn, durable frames, and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And of course, I love their protection program. It's the most insane one of all of eyewear. Every single pair of their sunglasses is backed by our lost and broken replacement. So if Lawrence decides to throw his off of that patio and they get destroyed, he can get those replaced. No questions asked. And on top of that, too, something I love about Shady Rays is that they provide much-needed support to nonprofit partners across the United States through their Shady Rays impact from building play sets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime. Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. So for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use our code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. It's a lot of people, Will. A lot of people, including our Lawrence Benedetto, who is enjoying the sun with his Shady Rays. Love it. <laughs> there we go all right so like i said this is i was trying to do like some after darkish segment here with like one of my games from the year and we'll see how it goes it's, i have three scenarios and it's gonna be real easy nick what happens first you just tell me 
what you envision happening first. All right, Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, who gets the first pick six? Ooh, the first pick six. You know, we were talking about Kyler Gordon making more of those impact plays, so I'm going to go with Kyler Gordon here. Um, And from that nickel position, you know, reading a route, maybe a nice five-yard out, picks it off, diagnoses the the route concept because he's in the NFL one more year, has that down and picks off, I don't know who, but gets that pick six first. All right. Justin Fields throws back-to-back 300-yard games or DJ Moore gets back-to-back two touchdown games. This one, I did a little research here, Will, to kind of see like what's more likely. And we know Justin Fields is still looking for that 300-yard game in the NFL. He's had seven of those while he was with uh, Ohio State in college. DJ Moore, on the other hand, has three career two-touchdown games, and the last mm-hmm. one being in 2021, and he's had one in 2020 and then 2019. I think we're going to see the back-to-back 300-yard passing games from Justin Fields because of all the things we're talking about, what we're expecting to see out of him, the comfortability in this offense. So I'm going to go with that one over DJ Moore's two-touchdown game. But I'm not saying that it won't it'll happen at some point, but just not before Justin Fields does his mark first. You want one that's going to hurt your brain? Yes, it hurt my brain, Will. I'm all for it. All right, what happens first? A Bayless Jones two-touchdown game or a Dom Robb three-sack game oh man <laughs> oh man yeah uh, that is i'm gonna go Valus. i'm gonna go Valus. actually you know that's tough because we just talked about how many opportunities he's gonna get is he a gadget guy mm-hmm. oh yeah you're hurting my brain um dom rob i'm still gonna stick with, i'm gonna stick with Valus. maybe he gets a special teams return touchdown and gets one of those jet sweep uh into the end zone touchdown but i'm going Valus on this one yeah, uh, I saw Gary says neither. The Nile Crocodile <laughs> says two ridiculous scenarios. Gary says, do returns count? Yeah, I didn't right. Say two they don't count. I don't say yeah. they don't. They count. They count. So right. I'm going Valus on this one. This one isn't 2023 specific. It can be, but I don't think it is. Last and final scenario the Chicago Bears have a top 10 offense or a top 10 defense. What happens first? Ooh, wow. Mm. Um, look, if that passing game takes these steps, <laughs> well, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to go top 10 offense um, more than the defense right now. And I know because they still have a lot of, they need pass rushers. They need defense alignment and they don't have that yet, but they do have a second, nice young secondary and a good linebacking core. So they're going to definitely take some jumps up too. But if Justin Fields actually takes the the steps that we think he's capable of taking. And with that rushing attack, with better offensive line play, they can be they can be a scary offense too. So I'm going to I'm going to go offense, but I think it's closer than than maybe some people have uh, think about it because I think this defense they can be pretty good, maybe not next year, but definitely the year after that. All right. I I like the way you think. It would be uh interesting if the offense can get there first. I think in some categories, and we talked about third down red zone, mm-hmm. the borderline, but there's a lot of work for both of these sides in terms of like uh, output and yardage and all those yeah. other things, uh, points scored versus points allowed to kind of reach that status. But we'll see. But thanks for playing along, uh, Nick, of what happens first. All right. Ooh, we got to have a grab <laughs> for that. What happens first? Your host, Will DeWitt, and we're the guinea pigs that get to try to answer these. There you go. You should it's be better than the, the game show I saw on Impractical Jokers last week. They're shutting I wa- Wow. Impractical jo- I have not watched Impractical mm-hmm. Jokers since I probably moved. And that's wow. that's bad. That's not they good. They put How- animal tails in their mouths, like blindfolded and like put them in their mouths. And like they had to guess what animal it was based off of the tail in their mouth. Yep. Oh, wow. It was, it was a punishment. Uh... It was good. You should watch it. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, and- check that out. All right. Anywho, uh, I see we have a few questions here to start, and we have just a little bit of time. Yeah, uh, I'm going to start this one off. Um, I'm back outside, you know, f- for the content and all that. Um, of, course, of course. So we had the conversation about the forward and backslashes, and Doug chimed in saying that the convention is that of a standing man facing to your right, if his head, the top of the slash, leans right, it's leaning forward. Hence, a forward slash and reversed 
for a backslash. Now, I decided to show that to everyone. So here is a forward slash. <laughs> and here is a backslash. Uh, that's awesome. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's great. Thank you for that. Yeah. That's awesome. That made my forward day. Slash, backslash. Can, we, can you make this a GIF afterwards, too, and send it to me so I can just keep it forever if I ever forget? Yes, yes. I just want to awesome. see Slash doing this, yes. and then I'll, I'll always remember. <laughs> yeah. Now okay. we know. You cannot get confused anymore because we had great graphics to illustrate forward slash backslash. We're all on the same page now. This is amazing. Yes. Oh uh, man. Hey, thanks. Yeah, no, definitely great. Rock on law, rock on. Um, do you want me to call these questions or do uh, you yeah, just go wanna... for it. Yeah, I'll just sit here in the sun and enjoy my life and I'll put them up oh. when you call for them. You let's hit the super chat first though. I was gonna say it makes sense to hit the super first uh, from Toxic King Christian. Thank you for the super chat. Should the Bears draft uh Jarmir? Damari, I, I know Gibbs. Yeah. I can say Gibbs. Uh, the Alabama running back to in this late second round to fill the Aaron Jones role in Luke Getzey's offense. Uh, I saw that on NFL.com. I haven't looked too deep in running backs personally, uh, but his NFL comp, according to Lance Z, Lance Zerline, is Alvin Kamara. Kamara. Uh, I'd like to have an Alvin Kamara on the team, but the guy is he uh, he has a he next he has an extra gear will. And look, I'm not for the Bears, obviously taking a running back with their first pick, but you can convince me on day two. On day two, if you you think there's a running back there that can make an impact on that offense and it is Jamari Gibbs, then, hey, I, I, can, I can be in a scenario where that is a good option for the Bears. It makes their offense even more potent. So that's definitely an option in my book right now. Yep, that's a good point. I don't have anything else to add at this moment, but I'm gonna I'm gonna trust Nick is my answer here if I need it. Let's go to Nolan. What do we think about the Bears spending a good amount of time and resources on that Purdue quarterback that athletically is the opposite of Fields? I mean, you just had me a Purdue quarterback, and I don't want it. Uh, that's just me, uh, Mister IU over here. Gary's gonna get super hype in the chat now because I said that. Uh, but Nick, how about you? Any thoughts about this? Uh, I I just let them do what they need to do. If they feel like that's the avenue they need to like go down. All right. I don't understand it. I've talked about my preference to, if we're going to have backups here and developing quarterbacks that you want to keep them similar to fields. But at the same time, the one way I guess I can poke at myself right now and contradict it, I would be the conversation we had to start the show about Luke Getze being able to adapt to his players. So if it is just a player that they like, a football mind that they like, and someone that they believe has some traits that they can develop and is worth keeping around Hallis Hall and they just want to make sure of it or just keep looking into it, I'll trust it. Honestly, I will, or I just won't be upset by it. Yeah, look, I'm, uh, and the quarterback we're talking about here is Aiden O'Connell um, from, you know, a former uh, Purdue Boilermaker, played for the Detroit Lions. Um, I think if you watched Hard Knock, you saw him on there too. Um, I guess like with the quarterback room they have now, you have Nathan Peterman, obviously PJ Walker. PJ Walker fits more of what Justin Field, you know, that athletically type he can be. But look, I, I think they're just doing their due diligence, like they did in the draft with quarterbacks, just kind of seeing what what it is that they like, what they can maybe add to the team. But he is uh, skill set wise, obviously a lot different. There's not a lot of quarterbacks, honestly, in this in the NFL right now that are skill set wise like Justin Fields. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just I think the Bears just doing their due diligence and looking at you know any of the options that are available. All right, let's keep it going. Let's uh, get to Doug here. Uh, good point about the get to conversation that we're having. He uh, said, I also think that coaching in the senior bowl gave Getsy more seasoning and experience adapting to what he has rather than trying to make the players fit his scheming. I think that's an excellent point. It, I mean, you just get the talent that they assign to you on your team and your job is to coach them up and, you know, make a football game happen real quickly. Uh, so I, I think that's a very excellent point here by Doug. Yeah, and two, Doug, like with the senior bowl, it's like very vanilla, the the offense, not gonna be anything complex. But what I think Getsy definitely gained out of that experience was just his ability to connect to a bunch of different players that he's just seeing in that week, right? And that's that's the thing about Luke Getsy. Like any player on the Bears will talk to him glowingly about the person that he is, how he's able to talk to him, how he's able to 
you know, again, just kind of transfer what he wants on like the, the chalkboard to what he's asking for on the field. He's a good communicator and he definitely got more of an experience to show off that skill set at the senior bowl. And, you know, yeah, he had the the players that he was given, like you said, well, and had to make something happen offensively. So I think it was a good experience overall for Luke Getzey. I mean, having the experience isn't going to hurt. <laughs> so I think no. it's a great point to make sure we keep that in mind as a, a potential benefit of him and to allow, let's say, I'll say it can supercharge his year two in Chicago. Uh, that's, a, that's an impact word. Uh, another one here from Nolan. If Jalen Carter is not the Bears' round one draft pick, will Justin Jones get over 50% of the snaps at three tech this season? Until they uh, add another body yeah. uh, right now, I, they brought in other players that are capable uh, in terms of, like I, I mentioned earlier in this episode, raising the floor of the depth. But there hasn't been anybody added that I can look at and pinpoint and determine that they would definitely eat a lot of those three tech snaps. So I would say right now that would still be Justin Jones. If it's not Jalen Carter, obviously they could still draft people later, but I think then how about this? We don't know yet. There's just too many other mm -hmm. variables. Yeah. Even if they don't go Jalen Carter, they can still draft. They can still go free agency. Hell, if they have three first round picks heading into 2024, if they trade down again, they can trade for anybody they want. So I'm going to say too soon to determine but if you're just saying, like, looking at the roster right after round one, then, yeah, I, I would say then you can you can say that's Justin Jones's job. Yeah, unless they go and draft, like, a Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. Like, that's mm -hmm. a guy that will, you know, split some snaps at three tech with, with Justin Jones. But, yeah, uh, we'll know in a couple of weeks here, Will, what the Bears end up doing. But the Jalen Carter conversation, I think, is a really interesting one. And, you know, if he's there at nine, I, I do think the Bears will end up taking him. All right. One more question from Daniel. Nick, tell me, is there any day two right tackle that would be good? Look, for me, I'm not out on Cody Malk switching over to right tackle. Um, I, he played left tackle. Maybe he eventually will move inside, but I think athletically, and he has longer arms than, than a Pierre Skaronsky, I think he can try out right tackle. And that's where I had him projected to start off his career in the NFL. And maybe he does get moved inside, but that's a guy that, you know, I like at potentially filling that position. Um, man, yeah, right tackle. It's like a lot of these guys play left tackle, Will. And then, like, yeah, maybe you can try to project them. Can they play the other side? But other than, like, Darnell Wright is the, the top guy at the right tackle position in this upcoming draft. And then... You know, it's, it's it is probably like day three guys that you're looking at, but I still think and you know, Gary brings up the other one, Matthew Bergeron on day two. I think we and we've talked about him too. Uh, I think on on our Chicago Audible throwback shows, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, this it's li more limited at the right tackle position. I would say. All right, I like that. Bergeron was the one guy I was going to bring up if it wasn't already, but you know, Gary beats us to the punch, but. As Justin says on the bottom of the screen, give this video a like. We would really appreciate it as we kind of sign off here. We want to see that number go up, up, up. So definitely hit that thumbs up uh, as you kind of exit here today. Nick, any final thoughts? I hear my baby crying and someone opened the door to check on me. So I may be summoned for some baby assistance here, it seems like. Uh, no, Will, you go do that. Um, everyone go enjoy your day now. Thank you for hanging out with us on your Friday afternoon. But you know, the draft is coming and we're going to have a lot of great content here at CHGO Bears. So tune in all of next week and, you know, get those draft tickets too. 27th, 28th, go hang out. Uh, uh, just come hang out on Joe's Bar, 940 West Weed Street, premium drink package. Do it. If you don't have plans, it's going to be a great time and we hope to see you all there. There you go. Couldn't say any better myself. One more CHGO Audible before the draft, I believe. So let's get it. But until next time, bear down, Chicago.